Hello, welcome to the Midweek Move. Uh, this is Dallas here. Hey, today's podcast is going to be a little bit different, uh, as you guys may already be able to tell. Um, and it's different in that uh, over the last several weeks at the Healing Place on Wednesdays, we've been talking about this thing called soul care and how to take care of the soul. And a really interesting topic came up that we spent a little bit extra time on, which was the discussion on trauma, dealing with trauma, finding healing through trauma. And it reminded us of a conversation that Pastor Scott had back in March of 2021 with a gentleman named Kevin Price, who uh, works with an organization that helps kids that are in some terrible situations, kids who are dealing with real, um, I can't even describe it, but just this trauma that's on another magnitude. And Kevin and his team go in uh, and they bring hope, they bring healing, they bring God's peace to these kids as they work through the trauma that they have experienced. And we thought this worked really, this was just a really great conversation. We wanted to share with you, um, those of you who are, are part of this whole Midweek Move uh, podcast, uh, and we want to hear from you guys. What do you guys think of this episode? How has it encouraged you, challenged you? How can we pray with you? Are you dealing with trauma right now that you would like for us to pray with you about? Reach out to us, mediahub at teachreachreport.com. Also, don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Uh, look for Midweek Move and, uh, and be part of the community that's taking place and that we're building out. And if this podcast you think will encourage somebody, if you think this podcast, this particular episode will help somebody who maybe is walking through some traumatic experiences or has dealt with some trauma and they're trying to find healing, do us a favor and send it to them. And if you're that person, if you're that person who received this podcast, you're listening to me right now, know this. Here at The Healing Place, we genuinely love you. We genuinely care about you. We're praying for you, whatever it is you've gone through. And we hope this podcast helps you to find some healing. Reach out to us. Let us know how we can pray with you. Let's get into today's podcast. Like I said, guys, uh, today I've got a super special guest, um, and I'd like to introduce you all to just an amazing guy uh, who has a passion to help people grow, find hope, healing, uh, man, right in line with our DNA, so to speak. Um, he serves uh, on a on staff at a church in New Mexico, uh, as well as in what is known as a CASA program, um, and he's just right in the middle of having an opportunity to bring hope and healing to entire families. And so I want to introduce you guys today to my friend, my brother in the Lord, uh, Kevin Price. Kevin, awesome to see you, buddy. Great to I, see you, man. I know it's been, a, I've, it's been a whirlwind for you. Yeah, um, yeah. So kind of just give everybody kind of a brief history of your connection to us. Well, I think uh, I think I met Scott. First of all, thank you. Thank you for allowing us into your home. This is absolutely amazing that you would uh, do that. Uh, I think I met Scott uh, about well, about eight years ago, I believe yeah, it was. Nine. Almost nine years ago in uh, Tennessee. And, uh, man, that was such a God moment because uh, if I remember it right, uh, we were sitting in the breakfast area of the hotel, and you were sitting right next to me minding your own business. Yes, it yeah. was it was and, very very and, early. No one else was in there. We were the only two. Yeah, and I invaded his mind your own business territory. <laughs> and I've never and and I was thinking about this the other day. I looked over at you and I said, "Hey, what what are you working on?" And I don't know if you at home have ever done that whenever you're in the breakfast nook of a hotel, uh, looking over at a perfect stranger that's working <laughs> diligently and said, "Hey, you, 
I have no idea who you are, but what are you working on? <laughs> but that was a God moment because I tell you, I've never done that before and I've never done that since. And God connected us right there. Uh, we went to service together that uh, morning and uh, you called me up on stage. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. You called me up on stage and I was like, wow. So after that, man, we just, uh, it was it was one step in the relationship to the next. You came to our church. You've been a mentor to us, a f- spiritual mother and uh, father to us. Tanya's been a spiritual mother to us and uh, a friend. Yeah. You know, I was thinking the other day, I think in, in uh, the truth is, is that every time there's been a major moment in our life, you and Tanya were there. Wow. I think that's true. I don't <laughs> think I can... So being here with you and this online community is a one of the biggest privileges of my life. And this is like coming home because we're a part of the uh THP online community every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is this is just coming home <laughs> to the place that feeds us and uh we get uh, a lot out of it each week from the worship to everything. So this is we're just coming home, man. We are THP. Awesome. Yeah. This is so yeah. good. Hey, guys, let's dig in. Isaiah chapter 43, okay? So on your device, um, however you do that, if you've got uh, what used to be known as a leather-bound Bible, literally something you <laughs> held in your hand, and it had what we call pages, like not the app pages, but right. actual literal paper pages. Um, and I will just say this, guys. I'm just going to throw this out to you. Get a Bible, one you can mm-hmm. hold in your hand, because what mm-hmm. happens when you no longer have access digitally to one? Yeah. It better be hidden in your heart, but get one, paperback, get it in your hand. Isaiah chapter 43 is our promise uh, this weekend. We're going to be reading uh, from the New Living Translation, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 and 2, and then Kevin's going to walk us through this amazing promise. All right, you guys ready? Here we go. If you're ready, say, I'm ready right now. Put it in the chat right now. I'm ready, exclamation point. I'm ready, exclamation point. Fire emoji, uh, fist bump, hands in the air, Thumbs clap up. emoji, whatever you got, just blow the Your chat up emoji. right now, okay? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you, O Israel. The one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Wow. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. So, Kevin, at first glance, what is God saying right here through this promise? Well, I think God is saying to all of us that um, we're going to go through it. And I think that 2020 has been a rough year for everyone. I think 2020 would show everybody, hey, I've been through it. If you've been through something this year, I want you to blow up that chat right now, and I want (laughs) you to just say, I've been through it. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to determine it by whether it's caps or small letters. Yell it back at us. (laughs) Yell it back at us. I've been through it this year. And I think that sometimes whenever we're looking at promises, what we do too many times is that we go, these promises are for the future. Mm. But I want to tell you that I think it's more powerful than even that. Yeah. And I think the fact of the matter is that sometimes when we keep them into the future, we keep waiting for them to happen, but we need to declare them for our day to day. Yeah. And for what what we have come through in the past, because there's a lot of people who have gone, I bet some of you out there today can say that you've gone through 
uh, uh, some stuff in your past. And I just want to encourage you right now that the Lord's saying to us, the Redeemer is there. Yeah. He is there in your past. He is there right now. And He is there in your future. So when we're talking about, um, you know, God being with us, you know, one of the great questions is, when is God with us? Like, when is God with us? That's the great thing about this promise. If we take this promise and we remember the fact that there is no time when it comes to God. He is in the past, He is in the present, and He is in the future, right? So when we begin to think like that and take this promise all the way back, then we realize that those things that we went with in the that we went through in the future, He is still there. Yep. He is still there waiting on us. He is still waiting on us to be healed. He is still waiting on us to ask the difficult questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been afraid to ask God the difficult questions? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you have, I want you to put that in the chat. I've been afraid to ask God the difficult questions, and tell us why. I think sometimes we're worried about the questions that we're going to ask God, and I think it's one of those ideas where we say, uh, because first of all, we're looking backwards, and we're always told, hey, don't look back. And I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes that we make. Now, I'm not saying we should always look back. Right. But if we see some things inside of our life that keep repeating, there's a reason why it keeps repeating. Well, it's the whole, it's the whole issue of the front windshield and the rearview mirror. The rearview mirror is smaller than the front windshield. It doesn't mean you don't look back. It means that that's not your focus or your attention. You're, you're, you're looking in the rearview mirror to make sure something from your back, your past, does not come up behind you and wreck you. But your vision is the front windshield where you're going. Yes, absolutely. And so it's not that you don't look back. It's just you don't focus on back. Right. But you do look at the back and examine the back to make sure that something from your past or from behind doesn't overtake you. You know, Kevin, some struggle to lean into God as their redeemer. We, you know, that the, the promise really talks about you know, him being a redeemer. Use the word ransom, right? Right. So... Some people struggle to lean into God as their redeemer. They seem to kind of, we as humans seem to try to hold on sometimes to trauma. Yeah. And even our hurt, we yeah. tend to try to hold on to it. Why do, you, why do you think that is? Well, and that's really what we're talking about right here. We're talking about trauma. We're talking about the things that happened in our past that stick with us whenever they're not healed. Mm-hmm. And trauma can be anything, any type of abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, uh, sexual abuse. It uh, can be things done to us, but also things absolutely. that we've done to ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, things yeah. that uh, we have allowed to happen yep. and things that we didn't have no control over. That's right. But whenever sometimes I think that we're afraid to go to God with those because, or to let go of those because we don't know who we would be without them. Mm. And I think the idea is and, uh, that if we don't know who we are, we're almost scared to see who we're going to be when this has disappeared, when this is gone, when this is healed. And we sometimes, and I bet you know this is true at home, you don't know where to start. Mm. Where do we start? Where do we go to? Because we don't always have those people at church that we can go to because sometimes we wonder what they'll think about us. Sure. Have you ever wondered what people would think about you if you began to tell them what's truly going on in your heart? I bet that that's you right now. You can put that in the chat. Just put a heart emoji inside that chat right now 
because sometimes you get afraid too of what of what people will say if they actually find out what was in your heart. And what about this? In our trauma, hurt, addiction, behavior, pattern of behavior that has been developed in our lives, we become comfortable with our hurt and our trauma. Yeah. Whether it brings attention to us or whether it becomes a security blanket for yeah. us, it becomes a reason not to succeed <laughs> yeah, well, or not to dream. It becomes an excuse. Right. Right. It becomes an excuse, and we start to lean on that more than we do God. And that's how you know when your trauma is not healed. When you are not living free, right? That was the promise. Yeah. Being free and living free. Free, free indeed. Set that's free. That's right versus living free. Right. When you are set free, the jail cell is unlocked. When you're living free, you're out of the jail cell. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a great promise that was. Yeah, Man. that was awesome. But the difference between being set free and living free is that Jesus has set you free. He's in the past waiting for you to ask him to heal you of yep. your trauma. And I think that's one of the biggest points that sometimes we're afraid to ask because we don't know that we deserve to be free. But mm. through Christ, we deserve to be free. That's right. Or that we even can be free. Because it's in Him we live and we move right. and we have our being. Identity, relationship, purpose. That's right. Be, know, be, no, do. do. That's right. I mean, God is moving in that. So you talked about the hard questions, like asking the hard questions. This promise talks about going through deep waters, and it, and it really deals with going through really tough situations that can bring trauma, can bring hurt, and all that. And in order to get free of that, you have to ask the hard questions. Yeah. So what could be the fruit of asking those type of questions? What is the fruit of asking those type of questions? Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Put freedom in the chat box right now. <laughs> freedom. Capitalize that joker. Hey, put a Scottish freedom. accent in it too. Little Mel Gibson Braveheart. Put that Scottish accent in there. <laughs> put a guy in a kilt in there. Freedom, right? Freedom. Yeah, freedom. And, and I think it's more than that too. I think the deeper you go with questions, it deepens your relationship with Christ. And you know, going back just for a second, you talked about, you know, being set free and all that. Have we ever thought about the fact that when he truly sets you free, that all of the excuses you've used in the past are gone. And now you have to live a different way. Like when like when he tells the paralytic, take up your bed and walk. Yeah. yeah. Like he's like, this is different for you. Have we ever thought about a lame beggar at a gate? Well, guess what? Nobody's going to look at you anymore because you're walking around. You're not sitting at that gate anymore. Yeah. You're not begging for alms anymore. There's going to be no attention. You're going to be like everybody else now. And so even though it was negative attention, it was still attention. Yeah, and I think part of being healed of trauma of the past is that you really learn what peace is. Mm -hmm. No more nightmares. No more being scared. No more terror, right? Right. No more rage like a, uh, a pilot light always being turned on. And one of the freedoms is that not only do you know Christ at a deeper level, but as you get healed from it, people will know you at a deeper level. And that's the scary part. Right. But as you get healed, what you're going to find is that it's not so scary to let people in anymore. Mm. Because you learn that not only is Jesus your Redeemer then, he's re if they stab you in the back, he's your Redeemer now, and he's your Redeemer in the future. People stop, people stop being your source whenever you're healed of trauma, and Jesus becomes your source. Yeah, and I think when you're living in freedom and you're healed, 
also, not only will you allow people in, but you also will not, um, you know, I see a lot of things now, social media and stuff, people throw things out there, yeah. talk about a lot of things and yeah. share their insecurities and all that stuff. Yeah, it's all out there. Out there for everybody. It's all out there. But a lot of times people will go, well, you know, um, I might get hurt. Well, of course you might get hurt, but you also will probably hurt someone. I mean, that's yeah. the reality. Very rarely when we ever talk about betrayal do we ever think about ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. The times we betrayed mm -hmm. or the times we lied on someone yeah. or the times we talked about somebody behind their back or the times we hardly, I have never really seen a lot of posts about, hey, by the way, I'm just like everybody I'm talking about. <laughs> That's right. Right? Because right. we're always That's thinking right. about what people have done to us rather than yeah. what we've done. When you're healed and you're living in freedom, yeah. you're not thinking about everyone else. Right. You're thinking about yourself. Right. You're looking in the mirror. Instead yeah. of being in a glass house, you're in a house full of mirrors. Yeah. Well, that, that gives you the, trauma. Being healed of trauma gives you a new way to not only read the Bible, right? A new filter. Yeah. But you see people for how they really are and how Jesus sees them. Yep. And you see yourself. You see yourself for who you really are and how Jesus sees you, and that's where the freedom and the love starts really coming in. Yeah, you're not Jesus in. in the narrative. You're not Jesus. Right, right. And the th the You're all these other people, but we put ourselves in the place of Jesus. Oh, that's right. they're just like Judas. No, we're not Jesus, y'all. Right. We are not Jesus in the garden. Right. We are Peter <laughs> cutting the guy's ear off, right. or we're Judas kissing Jesus. Right. Or we're both. <laughs> yeah, and uh, th trauma trauma makes you go into the victim mentality. Healing brings you into the victory mentality. That's right, and your focus changes. You're not focused Absolutely. on other people, and you're not even focused on yourself. You're focused on Jesus, Yep. period. He's the author and the finisher of my faith, and he's able to help me whether I'm being offended by somebody or I'm, I'm being betrayed by somebody or I'm living on a mountaintop or I'm in a valley— my focus is Jesus, so no matter, no matter where I am or who I'm surrounded by, none of that gets in me. That's right. right? Yeah. None that's of it right. gets in me. Because he puts that barrier of blood over you. He's in me. That's right. That's right. And he becomes your identity and who you are. Yep. Yeah. So, so we know that God is a redeemer, but we also know from passages like Matthew 25, uh, verse 40, 45, that Often as individuals, we can act as a conduit of redemption, kind of an agent of redemption, if you will. But but who are those in need of that redemption? Like, like what does that look like? When we talk about, you know, Matthew 25, uh, and as individuals can act as a conduit of redemption, an agent of redemption, what does that look like? It looks like you're going into their storm and bringing peace into their storm that you realize you're not Jesus. Right. But who you carry with you, in you, is greater than he that's in the world. Yep. And you can call peace to their storm. And so who are, in Matthew 25, uh, Jesus, he says these words, he says, he's telling a parable here, and he, and he says, uh, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the one of the, the, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Yep. And then one of the scariest verses in Matthew 25, 45, he'll reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these you did to me. Yep. So the question becomes, who's the least of these, right? Yep. And the least of these are the abused, the traumatized, the broken. Mm. Uh, what, and, and age doesn't matter. 
Age does not matter whether you were five or whether you are 90. The least of these is could be the, tri- the child crying out for help. It could be the adult that's still having nightmares, worried about somebody coming into their home mm. because of the trauma that they yeah. experienced as a child or even as an adult. Trauma is no respecter of persons, race, or age whatsoever. Right. But neither is Jesus' healing for that. Right. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're watching this right now and maybe you're in one of those categories, whether you're you're in the trauma category, the abused, the neglected, whatever category that's in, you know, for some of us we may not have had an abusive parent, but maybe we had an absentee parent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe we had a parent that was there but not there. Absolutely. You know, just totally disconnected. Um and sometimes even that can go deeper. Yeah, and and I think that's the key. People sometimes think, well, in order for it to categorize as trauma, it's got to be sexual abuse or it's got to be hardcore uh, physical abuse, and that's not true. Right. It can be anything at any time where you felt abandoned or alone or terrorized. And divorce can be that as well. Well, and situationally, all trauma or whatever doesn't affect everyone the same. Oh, no, absolutely not. So if I say, okay, this is considered trauma... Well, right. for this person, maybe that wasn't trauma. Absolutely. Maybe something else happened to them that maybe this person goes, well, that's not trauma. Well, it was trauma for them. Absolutely. And when we talk about trauma, we're not giving an excuse no. to live in trauma. We're giving you the word to bring you out of Hope. trauma. Hope. That's right. We're hope, hope dealers. Hope and healing hope. to That's bring right. you out. Now, Kevin, you're involved intimately with the foster care system. Yeah. In what ways does this idea of being an agent of redemption play into how you serve these kids and families? Man, this this is a, a passion. I would say a beyond passion for me. It is what I live my life for, what I wake up daily for. And one of the things I am a part of is called in-home services. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for those of you who may not know what that means, in-home services mean that we get assigned cases and we go into people's homes and we help them out with the resources that are in the community so that they can uh, get a leg up on life, so that they can have a little bit of hope. And what it means for me is that when I walk into that situation, it's just like I said earlier, Scott, it's walking into the situation and causing releasing the peace of Jesus without being able to say that because I know who's in me. Yep. And sometimes it takes them a little bit to trust you. Sometimes they're looking at you like, why is this big old guy just walked into my (laughs) (laughs) house and asking me to do all these things? But when you begin to bring them resources and then you begin to bring them hope, but here's one thing I also do. I believe in them. I believe that no matter what they've done in the past, whether they did not follow up on doctor visits, whether they did not, whether they did abuse their children or whether the CPS was coming after their children. I am here now and I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to be your advocate and I'm going to uh, believe in you. That's Mm -hmm. what they want. They want people that are going to believe in them. And I think that's what Jesus does for us. Every one of those things. Yep. He walks into our storm knowing who he is and he doesn't look at what we've done in the past he brings healing to the now and to the past, but then he goes, you know what? I'm going to put myself in you, and I believe in you. Put that in the chat right now. Say, Jesus believes in me, Yep. because that's real. Even if you don't believe in you, <clears throat> he does. And that's the key, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. That's knowing who you are in him. And listen, 
if you're just joining us, maybe you're not familiar with the healing place or kind of, you know, who we are or whatever. We believe that every single thing in your life starts with identity. Yes. Everything. Absolutely. Everything yes. begins with identity. If you don't know who you are in Christ, then purpose doesn't even matter because you're not fulfilling that purpose because you don't know who you are. People talk about, you know, church all the time. They're like, ah, church is full of hypocrites and all that. But I would tell you that there's way more hypocrites outside the church than there are inside the church. <laughs> I would agree with that. I'm just going to say it out loud. <laughs> there's hypocrites at McDonald's and Walmart and everywhere else. There's hypocrites everywhere, but all That's of a sudden right. it's like... That deserves a like button. In the, in that the, deserves in a the church up. is full of hypocrites. It's like, listen... If you don't know who you are, you are play acting. If you don't know who God created you to be, you're play acting. You are walking through this thing, not fulfilling your divine purpose, because you have no idea who you are in Him. If your identity is not rooted in Him, that's one of the reasons why when Jesus was baptized, one of the main things that Jesus had to have established in His life was not who He was as the Son of God, but who He was in the Father, period. Identity. So when he's baptized, he's done no ministry. Right. He's baptized. He comes up. The yeah, voice absolutely. of God comes. This absolutely. is my son, absolutely. right? Yes. The dove comes, you know, and and the dove comes and all that's going on, and, and everybody's wondering what's going on, and the voice of God booms. This is my son. Validation. Boom. Yeah. But not only validation, affirmation. Yeah. In whom I'm well pleased. Validates him as a son, affirms him that he's done well. And what's the first thing that Jesus does? He goes into the wilderness. He doesn't go and start bringing water out of uh, wine out of water. He doesn't start all oh, of a sudden yeah. just bringing down glory on everybody yeah. and healing everybody. <laughs> right. He goes into a dry, <laughs> deserted place with no yeah. food, fasting for yeah. 40 days, being tempted in every single situation. And what's the first thing the enemy says to him? If, if you are the Son right. of if. God. The thing that God established in his life, he questioned immediately. God's going to establish some stuff in your life yes. today. And don't be surprised that as soon as you click off, yeah. if the enemy don't come after exactly what Absolutely. God told you. Because he doesn't want that seed to get in you. He wants it to be thrown along the wayside so he can come over and he can grab it and steal it away. He doesn't want it to take root in fertile soil of your heart. He doesn't want that to root down so you will know, you know what? I'm not pastor. I'm not father. I'm not wife. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not any of these things. I'm not nurse. I'm not this. I am a child of God. That's right. No other title and that's matters. Where it starts. No other title that's, matters. That's a, that's a fact. And when I know who I am in Christ, then guess what? I can know what He's actually telling me. Yeah, and I want to encourage people that do. I want to go back just a little bit. I do want to encourage people out there that think that the church is full of hypocrites, and I would argue and say that the church is full of hurt people. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be at church and admit that you are hurting. Yep. Because sometimes when people come to church, especially if you've been in church for a very long time, you may not know that it's okay to tell somebody that you're hurting. Yeah. But there, you get healed in different levels as you move through life. So the spots where you may have trauma or hurt right now, right, it may not be time to deal with those things. But as you get closer to the Lord, He may begin to deal with those things, and you need to be okay, and you need to know that at the healing place, you can ask for help. Mm -hmm. and, and if you're hurting, that's what we're here for. And it may not be somebody going, here's the answer. 
Oh, no, 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 For no. your problem. Or, yeah. yes, do this, no, do that. Oh, no. no, 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 no. We're here to go, you know what? Here's what the Lord says about you. Yeah. And guess what we're going to affirm? We're going to affirm what He says about you. And that's the greatest thing you can do. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. first, just like you said, you got to know that you're hurt and know that inside that hurt you have an identity as the child of God. And it is okay to come to the house of God hurting, but I'll yeah. tell you this, it's not okay to be in the house of God in an atmosphere of healing and walk away the exact oh, same absolutely. way that you were when you walked in. Because it doesn't mean that you're going to be all full and glowing <laughs> and no. every joint's going to be in place and you're running and dancing and leaping right. and praising God, but it does mean that that can happen in a moment. It can. But for you, it may happen over a span of moments. Absolutely. The, the lame man at the gate. Absolutely. People think he was healed immediately, but he wasn't, because if you read the entire Absolutely. story, his bones pop into place, but then he's leaning on Peter. Yeah. Why is he leaning if he's totally healed? Because therapeuo, that word for healing therapeuo, that's therapy. Yeah. He had atrophy in his in his in his muscles. Those things got to stretch out. Yeah. You got to you got to walk that out, and then it gets all the way to that word that we're familiar with. Sozo. Yeah, Sozo. Saved. Sozo. Healed. Sozo. He didn't yeah. have that at the first part where yeah. Peter and John come into contact with him. That wasn't Sozo healing, that word. It wasn't until he had went through that whole process and they walked with him. And now Peter says, way down the line, here is this man healed. Yeah. Sozo completely. Sozo that means healed. physically his bones, physically. his muscles are healed. Emotionally he's healed. Spiritually, spiritually sealed. Yeah. That's the complete healing. Complete healing. Complete healing. Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, let's take this back to the Scriptures real quick and explore just a couple of biblical accounts where we see God fulfill the purpose of, uh, the promise of Isaiah 43. Okay. How do you see the, uh, the redemption of the Lord played mm-hmm. out in the account of Adam and Eve, yeah. individuals that Romans 5.12 yeah. explains were the cause of the need for redemption for all mankind? Yeah, well, that's that's a great point, and 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 ever since I've been on this journey uh, for the past three years of learning about trauma, God has shown me how to. I've been seeing the Bible in a brand new way, mm-hmm. and I used to read this story, and I bet you did too at home. I bet you used to read this story and just go nuts on Adam and Eve for eating that fruit, right? Apple, fig, whatever that thing was that they ate. But as I began to look at that, I began to say these people were traumatized in the fact that they were lied to. Right, mm-hmm. and then I'm not giving them a break because they did sin. Right, right. So they did. They, that's not. It was excuse. perfect. It was what they were in was perfect. Yeah, I mean, what they did was bad. Right. Okay, I got it. <laughs> the only right. thing God said not <laughs> right. to do. Right. But whenever they, whenever they did sin, and sin entered the world, God did not uh, come through and destroy them. Right. He searched for them. Right. And not only did he search for them, but then he called them out from where they were hiding. I love this, man. He called them out from where they were hiding. And then he looked at them. He saw that what they had made for themselves was soon going to die, and it was probably painful to be wearing those leaves. I'm sure it wasn't pleasant. And so what he did was he made the perfect clothes for them. He did the very first blood sacrifice for them and clothed them and cursed the one that had lied to them. He gave them a path to redemption. Hmm. He did not... He he banished them out of the garden, but not from him. Does that make sense? Sure. 
Yeah, he created he, another pathway. Yeah, he created another pathway because he loves you so much, no matter what you have done. I, I have something that I always tell my girls, and uh, I have five daughters. I know you can pray for me now, and my wallet, as a matter of fact. I have five daughters. They're absolute perfect children. Um, I think I just lied on a podcast. <laughs> I know. I think I just lied. But no. Uh, but one of the things we always tell them is, no matter where you go and no matter what you do, you can always come home. Mm-hmm. And I want, our, I want the people of God, maybe even the people that don't know God yet, to know, to know this truth. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, there is a father that's always waiting at home to take you back. And whenever you come back, he's not going to put a guilt trip on you. He's not going to shame you. There will probably be some discipline because that's what a good father does. Yep. But in the end, he's going to discipline you out of love. He's going to take care of you. He's going to put you back on your feet, and he's going to redeem you. That's what Redeemer is, bringing you back to where you were before you sinned or before you messed up. Mm. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that you at home took that as a promise for you. Okay. So we're about to uh, pray with you. Uh, I want to read this one more time, Isaiah chapter 43, and I want to I hone in on verse 2, Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Right? When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty... Not just deep waters, not just... See, you can put yourself in deep waters with just terrible decisions. Bad decisions. When you should jump in the shallow end, you jump in the deep end, okay? (laughs) You can get yourself in deep waters. But he says, I will be with you when you go through rivers of difficulty. That can be the world, just life, man, just coming at you like a river, like a raging river. He says, you will not drown. Now, he takes this water implication, right? But now he says... When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up and the flames will not consume you. Well, how in the world does that happen? Because natural fire will burn you, will consume you. But he's not talking about a natural fire. He's talking about a supernatural fire. And as that supernatural fire comes, it's almost like the bush, you know, the burning bush that that it it didn't burn out. It burned up. And it wasn't but consumed. it was consumed. It wasn't consumed. Right. And that's the same thing with the spiritual fire of God. Fire of God comes, and and the fire, the fire burns away all the stuff that shouldn't be there. Yeah, it's a good fire. It's a good fire. It hurts, but, but it's here's a good what's fire. cool: is that that fire then produces water. Yeah. Because the Bible says, out of your innermost Most parts being, now yeah. flow rivers. We're not givers of fire. We're givers of water. Yeah. Because water brings life. His fire burns away the stuff we don't need so that we can be now be givers of life. So the promise of God is, is that no matter what's going on, whether it's rivers, whether it's fire, that we will not be overwhelmed and overcome in Him, that we are not alone, but we are overcomers in Him. So our next step is, you know, we always talk about next steps. How do you live out this promise in your life? That God tells you no matter what you go through, that you will not be overcome, right? You will not be overcome. You may feel overwhelmed, yeah. but you will not be overcome. So put in the chat right now, what's your next step? Like you individually, not for everybody else, for you. 
what is your next step to live out this promise? Maybe you're like, you know what? I need to go back and look in the rearview mirror a little bit because oh, I yeah. got trauma from my past, yeah. right? It's time to confront. For some of you, you're yeah. like, I've been staring at the rearview mirror and I need to stop <laughs> looking at my past yeah. and I need to start looking what's in front of me, right? That's right? Maybe for some of you, you're like, you know what? I've just been going. I've been like Jacob, running. And I just yeah. need to pull off on a rest stop for a second yeah. and take a breath. Yeah, I, I need to just take a breath for a second. And that's right? okay. That's you. Yeah. Whatever your next step is, put it in the chat right now. Yeah. Why do I need to put it in the chat? Because you're telling the Lord that you recognize your next step and you're willing to take a next step. And yeah. your first step to your next step is putting it in the chat. That's right. People ask us all the time, why do you ask people to come down the front? It's not because the front of the church is some kind of right. supernatural portal to heaven. It is the <laughs> fact that people are literally physically going, I'm putting one foot in front of the other to say, Lord, you are speaking to me now, Absolutely. and I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm literally going to take a step, the next step to yeah. respond to what you're saying to yep. me. So. Listen, we're going to pray. Kevin's going to pray for you. And then here's the awesome thing is that that prayer doesn't end our broadcast because we are ascending back into some more worship to just blow the place apart wherever you're at. We're just going to blast off from this place in our identity, securing who we are, freedom, yeah. liberty, uh, maybe not trauma-free, but healed and taking our next step to be free. So, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and yeah. just pray? Let's just pray together. Father, thank you. We come before you in Jesus' name, yes. and Lord, we thank you for the access that you have given us to the throne of healing. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are the great Redeemer. <laughs> and Lord, I just pray for every person that has gathered with us today, Father, that has welcomed us into their home, Lord. <laughs> I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that uh, they will commit to making that first step to healing, to trust you to see that hand like Peter did, to see that hand and to reach for you whenever we feel like we're sinking because you're going to pull us up every time. Yes. So, Father, whether we are had a storm in our life, whether we're in a storm, or whether we see the dark clouds forming, let us keep our eyes on you, the Redeemer. And, Lord, we just speak healing over each person, and we pray, Lord, that whether it is supernatural healing or whether it is step-by-step -step healing, that they will have the faith to not stop, but keep going forward. Yes. And with this promise, in Jesus' name. In Amen. Jesus' name. What an awesome promise from the Word of God, Isaiah 43. Listen, put it up in your house somewhere. Uh, you'll see the card posted out on social media this week. Man, download that digital file. Um, or if you're here on campus, make sure you get a card. Put that up on the mirror in your bathroom somewhere. Man, be reminded. Memorize that scripture. Declare that scripture. Uh, pray that scripture. All the different things that we always say. Get that promise in your heart. Memorize that thing. Declare it in Jesus' name.